Spill it. Spill it. We spilled it. Hey guys. Hey guys. Assalamualaikum. Assalamualaikum. My name is Zafra. My name is Rabia. I'm from the UK and Rabia is from the US. And we're cousins and we're best friends. And we're here to here spill to the chai. Okay, um, and we're basically, for this episode, we're spreading awareness about Down syndrome um, because it's World Down Syndrome Day today. So this episode is a two-parter. So the first part is basically us introducing a organization called the PALS program that help with um, people with Down syndrome and also families with Down syndrome by creating different um, events and volunteering groups, etc. And we're going to talk to them about what they do and in general about Down syndrome and just educating ourselves about it. So next we'll be interviewing our aunt Farheen Kala. She lives in Pakistan and she has raised a child with Down syndrome and we're just going to be asking her questions about her experience and just kind of trying to teach you guys the differences of raising a kid with Down syndrome in a first world country versus other countries in the world. So we are here with the PALS program at NC State, and we're going to let them introduce themselves and kind of talk about what the PALS program is and why it's important. Awesome. Thank you for having us here. My name is Jenny Newberry-Ross, and I am the co-founder and executive director of PALS programs. And I'm joined here with Sam Heller, who's a longtime PALS participant and also a member of our executive board. Sam, you want to say hi? Hi, my name is Sam, and I am uh, been with PALS uh, since 2004, and it's a lot of fun, and I'm excited to be here. That's a long time, 2004. <laughs> yeah, and we're very, very excited to have you. And our first question is kind of why did you want to start PALS, and like how did you go about starting it here at NC State? Yeah, so a little bit about who we are. So PALS Programs is a national nonprofit that creates inclusive sleepaway programs for people with and without Down syndrome. And our program pairs up young adults with and without Down syndrome together one-to-one, and they stay on college campuses for a week all across the country. So we have a program in North Carolina. Our program at North Carolina is uh, is going to be happening this summer, and we are so excited to be to be back in that space. And uh, yeah, and then uh, similarly, we have programs all across the country. So we have a program that we're launching this year in Seattle. We've got one in North Carolina, Los Angeles, uh, up in Boston, in Maine, in, in New York, in uh, on Long Island this year, in Philadelphia. Really, uh, you know, all across all across the country, and um, we've just been really excited to see the program grow. Uh, our our belief is that the relationships formed between people with and without Down syndrome during a week of camp uh, change attitudes, ultimately transform lives, and our intention and vision for our organization is that we'll inspire a world of belonging. Um, so that's really what we set out to do. Um, where we started and, and why we started, I um, my brother Jason has Down syndrome. Um, so growing up, that was always a big part of my life. And I felt uh, as a teenager that he had really 
helped to build me as a human being and, and, and sculpt the way that I saw the world. And I really wanted to give that opportunity to other folks. I wanted there to be a place for someone like Jason to go to camp and just experience that world away from home. And I wanted there to be a place for someone like me to meet other folks who wanted to connect one-to-one with individuals with Down syndrome and, and learn and grow from that experience. Um, and that's really why we started when we did, and that's how we began. We started as a small camp in just outside of Philadelphia at Cabrini College. And that's when I first met Sam. Sam and I met at the very first program. And wow. We were a lot younger back then, Sam. I think you had more hair. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and we've just grown, we've just grown ever since. We started as a single program, really championed by young people, young volunteers who wanted to have a positive impact on the world and, and really make a statement about inclusion. And like I said, we've grown now. We'll have 17 programs this summer. We're really looking forward to it. That's amazing. That's very good. And congratulations to you guys for making it this far. Thank you. Especially through the pandemic, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. I think we also relate to you because we have a cousin that has Down syndrome. So this is why we started this podcast, because we also wanted to spread the awareness of, you know, equality and everybody's equal in every shape and form. Yeah, and I can def. I think we can both definitely relate to um, knowing with someone that has Down syndrome and how that just changes your perspective and helps you grow as a person. Yeah. So our next question was: um, When you started this program, what was one of the things that was most surprising to you, or something that was really eye-opening that you experienced throughout this journey? Gosh, you know, I think that what has surprised me over the years is the transformation of kind of what we were doing. Like I said, when we started, it was very much this concept of I wanted an opportunity for uh, my brother to be able to get away and, and be in a space that was accepting and inclusive for him to be on his own, independent, build friendships. And it was really centered around him within, you know, gosh, even within the first week and and by the end of that experience, it was so clear that not only were our participants with Down syndrome benefiting, but our participants without Down syndrome were growing and benefiting from the program just as much. And I think that was probably one of the most exciting and interesting things that we learned that first year was that this program meant much more than just one population. We were not, you know, serving young adults with Down syndrome, but in fact, empowering and enabling young adults with Down syndrome to create this community of inclusion and belonging that we all could benefit from and all be inspired by. And I think that was something that really started to transform the way we thought about the organization and the way we talked about our mission and our impact. Yeah. Anything to add, Sam? Um, Sam, what was, what was the best part of that first year? Do you remember it? I think, I th- yeah. Um, I think it was in 2004, um, I remember it was, um, my favorite part of the activity was, um, uh, was the, uh, the games that we did, it was the games that we did, it was so much fun, like, um, uh, like the Olympics was fun, the beach was fun, uh, karaoke was fun, so we had like a, di- like, we had a dance party, and it was, it was more fun, and then, it was nice out, and we went outside with Jason Toff, and uh, he won- he he was one of the founders of pa- Pals in 2004, and he 
took this um this blow up movie theater and we did it outside and did a movie night and we had popcorn. It was so much fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. I haven't thought about that in so long, Sam. Yes. Jason always came up with the coolest new tech toys. And back in 2004, we had that inflatable theater. That was so fun. And I mean, that's that quite cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and when we, so we basically met up with our cousin in the UK and we took her to the beach and she hates like experiencing new things sometimes. But with me and Zafra, she got really comfortable. So she actually like came on, on the beach and like felt the sand and stuff. But she, and she went in the water just a little bit too. So it was a fun experience. Yeah. And, and that's been a learning experience for us, too, right? There's so much growth in everyone. I personally am terrified of the beach, so I would have been the one. <laughs> oh, I like that over the years, the only times I've gone to the beach have been with pals, and so I've grown in my comfort level. But it's so fun to watch young people, you know, challenge each other in that way. And it might be, you know, for your cousin, she might not like the beach, but maybe she's really excited about a roller coaster or a, you know, a, another, a being up in front of karaoke, whereas one of our peer volunteers, that might be terrifying for them. And they would need to rely on her support to be able to do that. And so I have just loved watching folks challenge each other in that way and, and grow together. I think that's one of the, the best parts of PALS. Yeah, I think um, for her, it was a bit of a different story because she lives in Pakistan where Down syndrome is not very accommodated for. So she's very sheltered by her home. So for her, going outside and experiencing is a very new thing. So for her, she had to take it very slowly into the outside world. So I think we really helped her accomplish that. And of course, she helped us with a lot of things as well. She's our little <laughs> angel. So. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and you guys kind of talked about some of your best experiences, but is there anything else, like a favorite memory you have with PALS? <laughs> yeah, I have I have one experience that I learned is building friendships, making friends, and getting along with others. Honestly, we could all learn that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my one of my favorite memories was in in 2012, and it reminds me of of you just speaking a little bit about your cousin. Um, as as you guys know, the um, mindset around Down syndrome, both in the U.S. and abroad, is um, is difficult and 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 challenging at times in terms of what people assume they know about individuals with Down syndrome and what they assume their worth might be. And so we started a project in 2012 called the Congratulations Project. And what it was, was an opportunity for us to invite our participants with Down syndrome to spend a little bit of time writing and reflecting on their lives. And so we started the project by talking about how when new babies are born with Down syndrome, moms are immediately given a list of medical diagnoses, a series of thoughts like, I'm so sorry this happened to you. You know, they're, they're always... Um, it's always the negative. It's always the the I'm sorry, the disappointment, the fear, uh, the uh, the fear of the unknown. And we wanted to add a little bit of light and a little bit of hope to that narrative. And so we invited our participants with Down syndrome to write letters to be shared with new parents of babies with Down syndrome. And those letters could could say anything they wanted to say. They could talk about things that are important to them in their lives, things they've accomplished, things they want to do in the future. But the only requirement was that they started with the words congratulations. 
And so each of these letters started with the word congratulations on your new baby and then shared some personal experiences of our participants with Down syndrome. And we launched that project in 2012 and since then have distributed hundreds and hundreds of letters all around the globe, actually, to all 50 states and now 39 countries. And we are in the process of translating those letters into so many different languages so they can be read by families. Um, probably similar to the one that your your cousin is in, in in families that may not have an opportunity like pals, may not have the opportunity to uh, be out in society the way that we do in, in the U.S. and the way that we look at those inclusive experiences here, but giving them that perspective of hope and excitement and joy and just a chance to celebrate new life um, amidst all of the uncertainty and, and fear that exists around a Down syndrome diagnosis. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, like growing up, even like I never thought of it as a bad thing or like until, you know, I grew up and I saw how my auntie was and how society kind of treated her to us. She was always like the best thing ever. You know, we loved playing with her and she was just a ball, a ball of joy, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, she definitely like has her own quirks, but like, so does everyone else, like things that upset you, <laughs> things that make you happy, like, but she's always like, it's always just nice to see her and like hang out with her. And like, we call her mini Appa, which kind of means like, um, your little big sister. <laughs> so like, she's always, yeah, I feel like uh, people who haven't like experienced or like been around anyone with down syndrome or like close to their life they have a lot of neg like i feel like negative connotations towards it and i agree like growing up we didn't have that just because we were always like around her and close to her but like as you grow up you're like wait like not everyone thinks like that or not everyone has had that experience and it's really like disappointing to see honestly yeah and i think that personal experience is what changes perspective and that's that's yeah. what our hope is pals is that we bring in peers and and peer uh, participants to pat to pair up with our participants with down syndrome and that they will leave with this new shared experience of connecting with someone with down syndrome and that they'll go out into the world and they'll be better teachers better doctors better neighbors better employers and just more inclusive human beings because of that experience that's really our goal yeah, and then I think you've kind of answered this with most of your questions, but just in general, why are programs like PALS important to society, honestly? Sam, what do you think? Do you want to answer that one? Why do you think a program like PALS is important? Uh, yeah, I think the reason it's important to uh, get involved with PALS is really cool and um, how to get more peer-to-peer um, and more volunteers to get involved with PALS um, is a great idea. So that's really important. And also volunteers and in uh, our community. So, yeah. Yeah. I completely agree, Sam. I think it's just as important for us to be able to reach new participants with Down syndrome as it is for us to reach new volunteers and new peers. And yep. that's... Uh, that's definitely something that that we want to share with the with the world is this opportunity to connect and engage and uh, step into a different environment for a week at camp and really be changed because of it. And that's that is why we think an organization like PALS is important is so that 
we can bridge that divide, that assumption of otherness, of someone is different than me, and thus I should step back, and instead encouraging folks to get closer, to get connected, and uh, to really learn about someone beyond the disability, beyond the diagnosis, and uh, into the heart of what makes someone human. And that's that's really what we do at PALS, is we get to know people on that really individual and um, heart-to-heart level. And we believe that that changes people. And I think that any organization that can bring people closer together who may not be exactly alike can help to build a more inclusive world. And we want to be a part of that change. Absolutely. That was very well said. I think, you know, no matter who you are, where you come from, it's better to have a togetherness because you can learn something that you didn't expect from someone else. And I think with social media nowadays, everybody's just on their phone, not really looking at the world around them. And we should really open our eyes because there's a lot more to see than just, you know, Instagram and TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) And there's been a lot of social media and, and kind of, you know, aloneness through the pandemic. And so we're excited this summer to have programs back and to be able to encourage folks to step into the moment, to be in person and to join us at camp so that they can really you know, put the phones down and yeah, experience life in a, in a different way. It's it's definitely the summer to, to, to come out and join us because it's going to be a lot of fun. So, right. so oh, sorry, Zafra, you go on. So just to link this up, how do we then join with PALS? How do we volunteer and become a member of PALS? I thought you'd never ask. Great question. <laughs> <laughs> we are looking for folks to join us as volunteers and peers is what we call them, those paired participants who join in with our participants with Down syndrome and spend the week together. We are looking for actually participants all across the country. And we have programs. Our North Carolina program is for folks 18 and up. But some of our other programs in different parts of the country go as young as 15 to be able to, to join us as a peer participant. So you can go online uh, to palsprograms.org slash summer, and you can see our whole schedule and all of the details about how to be a peer participant. You do not need to have any experience working with the Down syndrome community. In fact, all you really need is an open mind and an, and an ex- willingness to have a great week. <laughs> our programs are uh, are located on college campuses across the country, so you can check out one that's in North Carolina or check out one that is in a place that, that is exciting for you to attend, and all expenses are covered, so your food, your housing, the experiences, the events throughout the week are all completely covered by PALS, so there's no cost, and we do have a travel fund for those who need support in getting to a location, so we do offer support for those volunteers that, that need that help, and You know, during the week, you can expect to be paired up one-to-one, be on a team with other folks who are also ready for a new and exciting experience. And we do on-campus activities. Sam talked about karaoke and the Olympics. We also go on off-campus trips. So the beach, we've gone to Six Flags and, and done theme parks. We have gone to Times Square in New York City. We have gone on winery tours for our 21 and over programs. There are just so many opportunities for us to be in the community. And so uh, really, I, I would encourage folks to check out that website, palsprograms.org summer. Find the program that feels like the best fit for them and apply today and do it in honor of World Down Syndrome Day, which is coming up in a couple of weeks on March 21st. Uh, it's just a great opportunity and way to celebrate and demonstrate the value of those with Down syndrome is to step into the PALS community and, and take a risk for a week this summer. We'd love to see folks there. I know Zafra heard six flags and she got excited. 
Every time yes. she's like, I'm going to come to America, you better take me to Six Flags, but I'm deathly scared of roller coasters. This so. <laughs> <laughs> is how you do it then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a big adrenaline junkie over here. <laughs> you are very definitely. Sorry? I was just saying, <laughs> adrenaline is very welcome in the PALS world. You're <laughs> Um, we are, um, I am planning to come to America in the summer. So if I have time, hopefully there are a few things going on in the background, but if I have time, I would love to join you guys as well. Um, but we will, um, link your, um, website to our Instagram and people go, can go check you guys out on there. It's just on the link tree and then you can click on PALS uh, website and it will take you straight to the volunteering um, website for you guys to join and I just have a question so if you can't let's say do the summer experience are the congratulations letter uh, can anyone submit that and is there a way to submit those yeah so we currently are usually writing those letters only during the week of camp because it is that kind of emotional and immersive experience however we are always looking for people to help with the congratulations project that could be translating letters helping us find new distribution locations working with potential partners. So if you are interested in getting involved in any way, uh, you can email, I want to say it's congratulationsproject at palsprograms.org. And you can also, more importantly, just go to our website, which is congratulationsproject.org. So you can get there from the PALS website or you can go directly to the congrats page and uh, and we can help you get connected in that project or just to learn more about it. We published a book a couple of years ago of featuring some of these letters. And so uh, there's opportunities to share that book with other folks. There's a, a whole bunch of ways to, to be able to get involved. Honestly, that's so awesome. I wish I had something like this. I'd like as a 15 year old, you know, like I don't think a lot of people let younger kids to experience that. So it's awesome that you guys are doing that as well. Thank you. Certainly, certainly sculpted my life. So we are hoping that others can get a chance to enjoy it. Sam, you and I have basically grown up together, right? Yes, we did. Uh, <laughs> you've been showing me the ropes for a while now. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sam, is there anything I didn't mention that you think we should add on? Um, how about the, uh, how about the sub LC group? You want to add that? Sure. You want to talk a little bit about that? You can add that. So, so it started, um, uh, so we started a sub LC group last year of September. Um, it started with Jenny, Grace, and Ashley. And we, um, we just talked about how you, how you get involved. Um, how you get involved, how, uh, in, in, Introduce yourself. Uh, what is one thing you like to do on the weekends? And what's one thing you like to do in the past quarantine? It can be big or small. Um, what do you do for fun? And what do you like to do on the weekends? Oh, those are nice questions. Yeah. So Sam leads the self-advocacy group with another PALS participant named Zoe, and the two of them lead a group that it meets monthly, and it's other participants with Down syndrome who want to join and kind of talk a little bit about their lives and growing in independence, and it's been a great way for us to connect during the, the pandemic, and yeah. uh, it's been great to, to hear about the impact of that group and also use that group to kind of advise PALS on a lot of different work that we want to do, and so we've really enjoyed having it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think everybody after COVID just wanted to talk to someone what happened, what was going on. <laughs> I remember I was volunteering at a Girl Scouts and as soon as we came back in person, they were all like, so what did you guys do? What happened? And everything like that. Everybody was so excited. So I can definitely understand why you would want to ask those questions. Yeah, yeah a lot happened. It's like two years of our life, you know, so <laughs> I feel like everyone was so young before. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I was like a little baby going into my freshman year of college. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm signing up for my senior year classes. Like, this is too much. <laughs> I think we all aged a lot during that time, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's so nice to have a program where you can build a sense of community. And I feel like it is definitely a thing that everyone's looking for, especially starting now when regulations being a little like lighter and people can start hanging out and getting that sense of community again. Yeah. yeah. And I'll add on, you know, the isolation has been incredibly intense for the Down syndrome community, especially because they have been recognized as being so high risk for COVID. And so uh, not only have I kind of experienced the isolation on my own, but seeing my brother and I, I'm sure, you know, with your cousin, seeing that that impact of folks who need to be even more isolated, protected away from, uh, you know, from areas where where they could be exposed to COVID because of those heightened dangers and um, just makes our reunion this summer so much more important and so much more valuable that that connection and need for community, like you said, is just um, incredibly important. And I think it's how we all grow and move forward and uh, start to build back after after the past several years. Yeah, and I think it also spreads awareness about how many people were careless about COVID and didn't really, you know, care about spreading it to other people because there are people in high risk, not just Down syndrome, your grandparents, it could be anyone. And it's so important to keep that safe distance during these times for people like Down syndromes. Yep, absolutely. But it was um, very nice having you here. And we had a wonderful chat. I really enjoyed it. Definitely learned a lot as well. And we will be sharing you all over our Instagram so that pe more people can get to know about PALS. And just thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for inviting us. We we love this and uh, and we wish you guys the best. And uh, certainly if anyone has any questions, we, we look forward to hearing from folks and hopefully to get to see some folks this summer. Absolutely. Okay, so we have a very VIP guest with us, <laughs> our, our Khala, our auntie. We're going to ask her a few questions as she has brought up a child with Down syndrome. So, Fari Khala, Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Alhamdulillah. How are you? Both of you? Good. Good. <laughs> Are you ready for our questions? Yes, I think. <laughs> There's nothing too crazy. Yeah, if it's everything about uh, Miniapa, then I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll just jump straight into it. Our first question is, when you first found out that you are going to have a child with Down syndrome, what was your initial reaction? Okay, the thing is, I never got to know this when I was pregnant. 
it was a surprise actually mariam was born with a lot of complications health issues okay the the main thing which was on my mind was her heart condition at that time mm-hmm. down syndrome was i we never heard this word in in our life before that yes when we were taking her to different doctors just to find out what her problem is uh somebody did mention i clearly remember one of those many doctors they said something about her looks her mongolian looks and uh, i in you know somewhere in my mind i said okay i'll take care of that thing let's figure out how to go about this heart condition this was the instant idea that or the thought that came to my mind mm. i never knew that we could i mean that could be sorted out and this is going to stay with us for the rest of our lives but probably none of us i i had no clue if mariam had anything wrong because she was born adorable i mean she was very <laughs> cute and uh, yeah that's 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 a fact yeah i think she was one of the most beautiful children i've ever seen right after birth <laughs> now i can say this <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so um even i think your moms would agree yeah, yeah she, <laughs> she was, was probably yeah she was very cute very cute <laughs> and um rabia your mom was studying medical at that time but i think we were in state of probably she was also in state of denial okay uh, yeah. sna this something like this do you know as human we always say that bad things can always happen to other people and not to us this is a very mm-hmm. obvious belief or a notion in our minds i think by default we are all like this mm-hmm. so this was how and after mariam's heart surgery then i mean this reality started dawning upon me and uh, uh probably on all of us that mariam is not like a normal child and um from there onwards um that's how it all i mean this was the beginning yeah do you yeah. so you didn't really get to have a initial reaction because you just didn't know yeah i didn't know yes uh you know i was a young mother that that was my first experience of pregnancy and all that you can i don't know how to put it in words but when i used to sit in the waiting queue waiting for my gynecologist i used to hear a lot of young mothers talking about their experiences of how they are feeling or they felt or they uh, you know their 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 first experience of carrying a child and in my mind i used to make a comparison with them and yes mariam was very slow but after discussing it with my doctor i you know probably she wasn't even thinking or realizing this thing coming um she always specified me by saying no if you are feeling this much if you are not feeling in a certain way and somebody else because pregnancy is a different experience for every mother even if you are going to have more children later every time it's going to be a new 
experience. So, uh, yes, it never came to my mind that something like this is going to happen. Do you think now, like, looking back, do you think the society had more of a pressure on you making this a bad thing than it actually was? Uh, Zafira, luckily, I had, um, I still have very supporting families from both sides. Um, uh, I mean, I give full credit to my own side and to, you know, my father's side there. Everybody is still very loving, very supporting towards uh, Mariam and uh, her being a special person. So... I never felt that pressure. Yes, I never experienced that thing. Uh, but I yes, like, except family Sorry? members, like outsiders. Uh, it really didn't matter. When your family is supporting you for something, for anything, then it, it doesn't matter how, you know, the general public is looking at the problem. It doesn't matter. Okay. Because you at least that's how I feel about it. Yeah, because you mentioned saying like it being a bad thing. So like, I feel like has. Not yeah, yeah, Deco. Yes. I mean, I said yes in the beginning. I, it took me very, very long time. Uh, this is um, I mean, this is not good, but. That's how this is the complete truth is, yes, yeah. it has taken me a lot of time to accept and to actually give Mariam her due share of love. I mean, I could never love her fully. I had always, I mean, I'm talking about myself. I have, uh, it has nothing to do with the families or the people around me, but yes, um, I, I could never come in terms with this thing that uh, I have always looked at Mariam as a responsibility, as a duty, which is, um, you know, I'm thrown into something and now I have to deal with it. Like this was, this had always been in my mind for the longest time until very, very recently. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah. then that, kind of links, links into our next question, Rivia. Um, how have you grown as a person by raising a child with Down syndrome? Mm, yes, it's an amazing journey so far. Yes, uh, now when Mariam has taught me so much about uh, dealing with problems, you know, when I started looking at her in a different way, I just saw an amazing strength in her. Seriously, I'm saying this. And now I learn every moment from her. You know, she is least bothered about the biggest thing that <laughs> really hit me hard was that she's not bothered about how people will react to a certain action or to her reactions and we know <laughs> yeah, I, and, and basic and you know what beta it's it's a superpower in itself yeah. <laughs> when you stop thinking about how would people think about it 
it's uh, that takes you to a next level of courage of daring things in life i mean when we say daring it doesn't necessarily have to be something evil and uh, you just then you're more at peace within yourself so now she is my inspiration every day and um, and she has learned so much she has improved so much uh when i compare her with other special children because after having maryam i know so many people in pakistan at least here who are dealing with these uh, you know people with special needs mm-hmm. and um acceptability is something that we give them as 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 a source of energy for them to try and to get better every day and uh, bringing up of a child because you know i have seen both sides of the coin so i can say that brought up of a human child is not an easy job anyway if you are <laughs> actually talking about character building and bringing up a child as a, as a complete package not just education and food and clothes ठीक है या सो आई मीन शी इज माय एवरीडे इंस्पिरेशन नाउ या सो अगेन यू हैव काइंड ऑफ लिंक्ड आवर नेक्स्ट क्वेश्चन टुगेदर हाउ वाज इट रेजिंग टू चिल्ड्रन लाइक वाज इट हार्ड टू बैलेंस योर टाइम बिटवीन द टू किड्स it is not actually but <laughs> being a desi mom i was very um you know bias or you can say i my son had always been my favorite child uh, <laughs> and he still is but now i can say you know i love them both but again uh, i mean it's a uh, it's bad but i must admit that i had uh, i could never love mariam as much as she had always deserved so it's it's always hard bringing up of but but not as hard as we pretend <laughs> seriously <laughs> if we become if we become their friends the journey can be complete fun oh mariam has always yeah. been um daddy's girl yeah yeah i think so yeah maybe that's also the reason but uh, um uh, mariam uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> she is she is completely yeah but now i can see her if you put if you have to put people on a scale of how much she loves somebody i think her brother is right on the top really <laughs> yes yes uh, yes i mean emmet can make her do anything and probably she has mellowed down and in the most because we are all stubborn to some extent okay yeah. so i 
now when i look at maryam as just a human being any human being because as a teacher and i have seen parents struggling with their normal children too mm-hmm. it's or kind of a cliched thing until you stop struggling and you stop complaining about getting a special child it it all starts after that theek hai so um it's a, it's a it's a same struggle and if you talk about maryam her brother is her first love no <laughs> <laughs> and her cousin sisters yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. she can I do anything for you people she can do anything for her brother and probably i am on i'm just somewhere maybe maybe not at the bottom <laughs> of her list <laughs> i still remember when in um when we met up in uk and we did mariam's makeup you were so surprised that someone let yeah, her put on yeah yeah, yeah yeah because <laughs> you know we have to do all the dirty jobs <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um oh yeah so then like our next question was how was how was raising like mariam as a baby like when you know she can't really and then after a certain age after a certain age where she's four of like cons- would be considered like fully an adult grown up grown, yeah adult. Grown, yeah as a child unless because you know their physical age is not what their mental age is that's where the difference comes theek yeah. hai they can't grow beyond a certain mental age level yeah theek hai or considering that you know again when i put both a normal child and a child with a special need in the same bracket unless a child start making choices according to his liking or disliking it's very easy the the bringing up or you know dealing with that child is very easy but um i think it's been like uh, when did i visit uh, it's like 5 years back when i was in uk yeah it's been it's been like 4 5 years until that time it was not very difficult dealing with maryam but maybe after she had met you people she realized she is also a grown up girl or something like that <laughs> that yeah 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 i'm telling you now it's very difficult to make her understand even if i tell her something ke maryam you are going to wear this when i come home after my work or you are not going to do this you are not going to eat this and you are going to eat that i mean i really have to put my foot down unless i do that she is never going to listen to me so uh, probably it that was a giant leap for her as far as her mental age is concerned because prior to that she had nobody to look up to or to set her targets as an adult she was not exposed mm. how what is an adult life looks like mm. because ahmed is in any case younger to her at yeah. least yeah 7 years 
and then there is a difference between a female and a male child mm -hmm. so now i really need emma's help whenever i have to make mariam do or dress up in a certain way <laughs> what does emma do <laughs> he talks to her that you know apa we are going for a wedding or we are we are going for dinner tonight and you are not going to fuss about it because she doesn't like leaving her comfort zone okay this yeah, is, but don't I we mean, all yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing then different no, <laughs> yeah <laughs> then there is nothing different no, nothing we this is exactly i will sum up everything that the day you accept okay okay this is how things are going to be and now i have to deal accordingly she, this is who she is accepting her as a person right i had heard lot of scary stories honestly speaking when i started with mariam's um, you know you can say special education in pakistan though as a teacher as an educationist i know that's not even the bottom line of a spe of special education you know in its true definition but whatever best available in my circumstances i tried my best and uh, i could uh, i don't know i lost tra track of my thoughts i don't know <laughs> you know there are so many things coming to my mind acha <laughs> what was your question seriously <laughs> it's okay. there are so many flashbacks seriously coming to my mind and it uh, happens you know, nobody has ever asked me about mariam although i try to guide all young special parents or anybody in my family especially now in both my families any new couple i always tell them beta now since this we have this person in our family so Is please she there miniappa okay oh yeah miniappa you know she is so fond of you people rabia and zafra wo aapke bare mein puch rahi hai nahi main aapke samne puch rahi hu wo dekho rabia ha pata hai theek hai miniappa aap aake hi keh do please पोलाइट Uh, and actually so, listened <laughs> yeah she was listening to every single word and you know since she has seen me all her life teaching uh, i think that she knows most of the words i use in even in english language she understands and she is very good at picking up those words that that can you know fulfill her requirement and i see her using those words and phrases and she knows that we are talking about her so yeah. and and then she has a group of pretend friends 
And I have seen her using those words, repeating them with her friends. <laughs> yeah, wait. So, so she gets um, she gets a fair, a little idea of what is the actual topic of discussion. I don't say she completely understands the uh, the the whole story, but she she's very smart. She's very sharp, very brainy. She's very quick at picking up things. Yes. <laughs> and um, she has her own way since I give, you know, a lot of children coming to my place for private tuitions. And I just tell her the name, get me a book of child A or B or C. She has, I don't know, her own system of remembering which book belongs to which child. Oh, mm. yes. yeah, she, she can't really read that well. So. No, she cannot, but she has her own way. I don't know what's that secret. <laughs> what are those secret quotes? Maybe she but... secretly knows how to read. <laughs> no, gladly no. <laughs> but yes, she she knows she can associate certain words which you know as sight words in her memory yeah or yeah. i think she matches the title page of their copies books or you know their files and folders and she has some kind of coding system in her mind <laughs> that <laughs> she puts them in the right rack in the right shelf oh she's like a little assistant Rekhala, yeah, would you it's, it's, ever let Miniapa experience anything alone, like without any um, supervision? No, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I feel like it's um, it's like a question. I don't think we had it written down, but do you think it's easier now for um, women and families there to like know what to do when they have a child with down syndrome because like you said when you had yours no one even like their first thought wasn't even oh this child could have down syndrome like I know now today in America at least it's like you know even before you have that baby like oh it's probably gonna have a uh, down syndrome but back then they didn't have that technology I feel like it wasn't as like people just weren't that as aware Yes, probably it was a matter of awareness. Uh, and yes, things are getting better in terms of medical research and checking. But uh, even right after discovering this thing, I got, I mean, I knew that there had been ways even back in those days, back in 95, 96, 95, that you, you know, could get, I don't know the exact medical terminologies now, but there were certain blood tests and tests, uh, you, I don't know what are the medical terms, but mm -hmm. getting specimen from the placenta or through the ultrasounds, or I don't know, there were a lot of things because when I was carrying my second child, I had gone through all these procedures mm. and uh, yeah, but I think probably the doctor neglected this idea despite telling her that I don't feel the movement as much as the other new mothers are talking outside. 
Yeah. Probably, I don't blame anybody for this, but um, uh, you know, blame in a way that uh, I don't know what is the right word for that. Like they should have been more responsible about checking. Pro- probably, but maybe considering my age, yeah, maybe they, they, so they did not. Because even uh, Rabia, your mom could never, after having Mariam and mm-hmm. seeing her day in, day out, she, she never said that maybe she's a, my niece is a special child. So, yeah. yeah. So, it's so uncommon with, um, I feel like, mothers that young. Yeah. This is what medical science says. But. But she's our little angel child. (laughs) We got her anyways. (laughs) Yes, she is. She is a darling. She is a darling. But I wasn't like this in the beginning. In the beginning, until for a very, very long time. I never thought of her like this. You know, I, I had always been depressed, unhappy, and I had my grievances with God that, um, you know, I had always looked at her as if she's, she has blocked my way to progress, to excel, to, to be a free person. Um, I mean, yeah, this is very bad. This is very mean. But uh, yeah, but at least it's honest. I feel like a lot of, you know, people could be like oh no like it was perfect I didn't care nee, nee, I, I never like to glorify yeah. myself as a as a mother yeah. or as and I'm sure like uh, other mothers if they're listening to this and they also have a child with such special needs they might even like um, feel the same way as you or can relate in mm-hmm. a way to you as well even a child I feel like even a child without special needs sometimes obviously it's not as much but you still need to let go of, as a woman I feel like especially you see um, um, inshallah you will be mothers one day and <laughs> you see yeah when you become a mother you don't have to prove it to anybody else right then what all you need is to be the best friend of your children yeah. seriously this is the you know the conclusion of my life as a mother that god has blessed you with a child you don't have to tell or remind your children every day that you are their mother (laughs) i'm your mother i've done this i've done that when you become a mother it comes with this entire package of responsibility right try to be their best friend and as friends tolerate each other just tolerate your children and help mm-hmm. them growing, getting better. Yes, talk to them. Talk to them. Be mm-hmm. silly with them. It's so much fun <laughs> because the days which are passing, they're never going to come back. At least we should give them good memories to cherish. Because, yeah, I think a lot of moms can relate. And be to honest, them. never try to glorify yourself as a parent uh, because one day, Children would get to know the real truth, the complete yeah. truth. They're not going to be kids, oh, you know, forever. Yeah. We were going to ask you as well. Do you think that um, there needs to be any changes about the way society thinks about a child with Down syndrome or in general with special needs? 
and also like any facilities that should be in place in pakistan for um, oh yes special oh, yes need children i mean uh, a lot still i mean although it's been like 26 years dealing with a special child and um, you know back at that time there was nothing but still there were people who were working even at that time but uh, that work is not good enough because um, we don't acknowledge their existence especially in in third world countries because there this is a place where i have lived and struggled with a special child there are so many things beyond just education that these yeah. children need. They need some kind of platform where they can, they can spend some time not to be trained, not to be taught, not to be educated, but just to be have with fun. people like them. Yes. And have fun. You know, for example, uh, we were, we, um, in this uh, podcast, we also talked to an organization in America that um, helps people with Down syndrome. And they were talking about the facilities they have and they just, you know, go camping with them or like have a movie night. Go to the beach. Or, yeah, just have, having fun with them. And it's so much better, I think, for them because they just want to experience things as a normal human being would. Um, yeah, Zafra. Um, uh, I had tried for the longest time in my life uh, to take Mariam to, to a better place in terms of, you know, moving out of Pakistan. And um, um, I mean, this was, uh, you know, Another, you can say, I have registered my complaint with God that he never listened to me and <laughs> never helped me or supported me in such a nice, good cause. But um, <laughs> I'm reminding him one more time. Uh, so, yeah, but, uh, but Pakistan needs, you know, a lot needed to be done. And for Mariam, um, I think that... I'm, I'm, I'm too late for any kind of assistance or help. She has passed that age where yeah. I could do. Yeah, very unfortunately, um, I, I feel very bad. But thankfully, when... but thankfully, she has gone to experience the world. Maybe not. I mean, as much as she could in your circumstance. Yeah, because, because... I know that Mariam is is uh, very. Um, special child but very gifted mental abilities she she was a very quick learner she's still a very quick learner as i have shared different incidents so <laughs> i know as a mother that mariam could have lived a better more independent useful life instead of just sitting on a seat and watching you know stuff on youtube and just <laughs> listening to songs and musics and looking uh, and watching different, you know, star plus plays. Uh, <laughs> but I think also you give yourself less credit for Ikhala. You're not, you're not like, I don't think you did anything wrong. You did everything you could. Even like yeah. when we see you as a mother with Mini, I think you are so like amazing. I always like look up to you. So 
I don't think you're doing yeah, anything yeah. wrong. Yeah, um, I tried my I tried <laughs> my best. Yeah, you can say. But you have to. I mean, you're duty bound when you become a mother. Yeah. This is nothing Some that I have. I had to push my boundaries, um, uh, because I have seen parental struggle with the normal children. So I I don't see any comparison between two struggles as a parent. Yes, coming down to a certain level and accepting that your child is not going to grow mentally beyond a 10 year or 12 years old child. Yes, this is your inner struggle. So our last question is, what are um, some tips you would give to new moms who have like heard that I have a child with or I'm going to have a child with Down syndrome or any um, special needs? Uh, to just accept it. The moment you will accept that your child is going to be different from other and then again if i put it on a broader canvas every human being is different from the other you should be grateful for all the you know down syndrome is one form of abnormality or being special or needing special assistance things could have you should always be grateful to god that things could have been worst Mm -hmm. and just take you know one day at a moment and um, and make them you have to accept it that this has happened to you and um, then just nurture them with love care and challenges challenges to improve their, because they have amazing ability to live very close to normal life. Seriously, they have yes. this ability. They can lead a very normal, very healthy, very protect, productive uh, life if you guide them or if you, you know, if you keep nurturing them and keep guiding them. They can be your amazing best friend. I feel like a reason a lot of new moms can't accept it, and this is an issue even in America and probably in UK as well, is because um, when we were talking to the PALS program about it, they said that a lot of when moms find out that they have Down syndrome, people always start with like, oh, I'm so sorry, or like, I'm sorry that this happened to you. Just very negative connotations. Um, and they're just so like, oh, this is just such a bad thing. Like, I wish like it was normal. And even like medical professionals will talk to them like that. And obviously as a new mom, that's going to make you, if you know, everyone you talk to is just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's just like, oh, like this is a bad thing that happened because that's just human nature and so they started a program it's called the congratulations project and basically 
they send letters to mothers with Down syndrome, new moms. And basically, the only rule is you have to start with congratulations for your child. And then after that, you can write whatever you want, just a normal letter to any mother. And they actually now send these um, letters out to moms in third world countries. And they even have translators that will translate the letter so that moms can read it in their like native language and everything yeah 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 that's a big step that's a good thing that's starting uh, a journey on a positive note of course there is no doubt that having a normal healthy baby is should be your first dream should be your first um uh, should you know you should be thinking positive but if anything has happened to your child just take it as things could have been and down syndromes are amazing you know they're they're so loving they're so you know i think all special children are pure um, but they are amazing seriously at least i can say that yeah i can also agree with that whenever miniapa says you know she's it's so praying, much yeah she's praying for us it's so like it's so much nicer to hear it from her cuz i'm sure her <laughs> prayers would be accepted a lot more than ours would <laughs> yeah yeah they are so so pure inside out you know the the true meaning of being transparent is what i you know this is the physical form of that if you have to see it mm-hmm. what is transparency what does it look like <laughs> i mean <laughs> yes then um, they're very pure and that's why probably um you can say they are close to god they're close to this spiritual world and uh, yes i have seen i don't say it always or some miracles happen but yes uh, there are signs in certain words or reactions she make on different occasion yes i have seen that in all these years and when she doesn't like including me she has i mean i can see that she feel the vibes right so um Of like see, um, yes for everyone when she doesn't like somebody i i know the the reasons behind that <laughs> and, in, and 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 i'm not excluding myself seriously uh, <laughs> 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 this is another confession <laughs> and she loves somebody and she looks forward to somebody and she shows her fondness that's they are that's always for a reason so honestly because she likes us that means we're good people <laughs> yes you are actually good people but yeah. uh, you know because since mariam was um, the first born in my family uh, so for the longest time i did not have to worry about until my youngest sisters got married and i had seen a serious reaction in her behavior she blocked herself from the 
you know, that was the first time when I noticed that Maryam observe, you know, and she take, um, she, she gets influenced by whatever is happening around her. She notices. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so she was like upset know, that they were leaving. Oh, yes. Extremely, extremely upset. Now that's going to be another long story. So just to <laughs> cut it short. Yes. There was an obvious change in her every physical movement in her in her thoughts in her behavior towards me she i was never her favorite person and at that point of time i was like the you know a horrible monster probably for her because she had always looked up to her aunts her khalas to to support her to love her to to pamper and spoil her I'm not gonna lie, I was the same way. Me and Hassan were the same way. Yeah. (laughs) And just imagine Mariam had lived as as the only Only grandchild of this for the you know for four or five years. (laughs) So how spoiled she was. (laughs) She was a diva queen. (laughs) And then after Aisha and Amara got married, I mean she was very disturbed. And you guys then, haven't uh, met met them yet, but they'll probably be on a podcast at some time or another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, but uh, now, when I look back, I don't. I I have, except for one thing, I have no regret because everything, whatever was in my capacity, I did my best. Uh, you know, happily or unhappily. Uh, but uh, my only biggest regret is that if I were given a chance to take Mariam to a better place, Mariam could have been a could have been an amazing Down syndrome um, girl, young girl. Yeah, she could have been very, very amazing. She could have been and, an Instagram influencer. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Yes, now when I look at those pages, I like them. I follow them. But yes, yes, that's exactly you have, you're reading my mind. Exactly that's how I, you know, I think about the situation. If this little thing was done by God for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically uh furry colors talking about just having access to like uh facilities in like the u.s or uk yes to any any developed country because pakistan is still still we are still living in dark ages trust me when it comes to (laughs) yes yeah Um, i think i hope like I, I know we're not like that famous or anything, but I hope this podcast does get the light it deserves and like people do learn from it and like make a change out of it because that was honestly our goal goal for this podcast or maybe not now or in like a few years time this can blow up, but I really hope it does because it oh, yeah, really deserves nice. the um light. Am I yeah, following just- you people? Yes, you are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fairy color doesn't even understand how to I want to be part of that podcast. change. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I think that it's very important to understand there's a big difference between raising a child with Down syndrome here in America or in the UK. And in a third world country, yes. In a third world country, because I know at least for us, we always, they were always in school with us from kindergarten until um, high school, even in college there are. So, I mean, it is just very different because there's places for them to go and build community special teachers trained um for just for their needs and everything people that they work with and I think just having in general a community that yeah there um, is more acceptability you. yeah 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 and that's what Farikala means when she says Minneapolis could be like so much like more functioning because it's just hard when there's not a community and there's no no facilities to help you um so you have to make people realize certain things you know even i have tried i had to still i have to struggle with in my you know domestic circle that you know you people are just living in a bubble there is lot more to explore even in this regard, I could never make, you know, people who met her at that time when I had to, when I wanted to move or I wanted to shift, uh, it was very difficult to make them understand what exactly I can see happening to her life, in her life, what changes I can bring. Uh, so that vision, we don't have the, that vision as a society. We just believe that if a person is special, that means he's going to live like a, he's going to live a vegetable life for as long as he or she is alive. Yeah. So, which is, I can't even back in at that time, because, you know, I told you uh, right after Liam's heart surgery, I started meeting up a lot of people with a Down syndrome child and what was the first thing they were telling me was to take Mariam abroad. You people are still young. You just have one child. You can, you know, you can do the struggle. You will survive. But uh, I, I could never make people, those who mattered at that time in that decision-making, um, I could never make them understand or realize. And probably even today, they don't realize what damage they have done to her. And um, this is a very sorry state of affair. Um, struggling with people and telling them that no, what they are think is very limited. Mm-hmm. It can be miraculously 180 degree opposite if you just, you know, if yes. we, we had taken the right decision at the right time. Yeah, I think in general with parenting, it- like even in general like generalizing it a lot of times parents get judged for decisions that they make but like you said every child is different every child's needs are different and every parent is different so I feel like it's just very it's just sad like I don't think you should judge most parents for the way they do things or what they do with in their own homes because uh, like it's it's not any it's not your place to decide how they get to parent and I feel like that uh, that, I feel like that's overall 
the kind of statement people should be taking away from that is just more yeah and moreover we just you know as uh living in a I don't know about the Western world. I don't know how things are working in or how they are functional in Desi homes in America or in UK. I don't know. I have never exposed. That's like, you know, it's like I've never seen Mars or Jupiter for me. So, <laughs> but here, uh, people just want to believe or they just want to listen what suits them but it should not be the case when you become parent Mm -hmm. you should listen to what is in the best interest of the child may it be a special or a normal child yeah you know we have to push we have to push our boundaries beyond our comfort zone and beyond that what suits us and what is not suitable for us I think yes. said a lot of like um, phrases that could be like quotes, you know, fairy green mm-hmm. Esker quotes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> fairy color would love to get famous off of this. Yeah, <laughs> why not for something good? <laughs> and if I can leave my marks doing something for uh, for Down syndrome people. I mean, by all means. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe you should write a book because you're really good with your words, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very <positive>. mm. <laughs> It's better to just look pretty and get famous. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, well, I'm seriously thinking of starting anything, uh, you know, blogging sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> you can. That would be so cool. Yeah. I think a lot of people would enjoy it. Even we just started, like, you know, just in our homes, we were thinking maybe let's do a podcast and we did it. So it's not that hard with, like, everything being on our fingertips. Yeah, that's convenience. Yeah. Yeah, technology has made, I think, uh, misuse of anything can be dangerous anyway. Or this technology has made lives much easier. I mean, even again... Coming back to uh, the Down syndrome people, I think this has made Mariam so tech savvy. Um, She really uh, is. (laughs) How the world is just one touch away and she can get anything she likes. Uh, Again, she doesn't know the words, but she has her own coding and decoding system. And (laughs) you just give her the the gadgets and uh, you will be amazed. (laughs) <laughs> oh Mariam. When I ask her, Mariam, okay, please recitation on Carlo. She knows where to go on my mobile screen and what <laughs> to click, where to click on. So, so on a lighter note, can we get Mariam on for like a few seconds just to say hi yeah. and hello? I am sure being my daughter. Um, somewhere in her DNA, she has that, uh, you know, thing to stardom. become famous. Yeah, <laughs> love for the stardom. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Minnie. Minnie, Appa, can we interview you? Interview Karleham. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, hi, to Kardo. 
<laughs> now this is her exclusive time for star plus plays so she is watching something and you know some tragedy is happening in the play and uh, she's very emotional at the moment about oh. that no chance i can already tell <laughs> yeah you you're disturbing her actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I even remember in UK, she was so obsessed with her TV, she needed to have it. Yeah, what yeah. She and uh, yeah, and uh, Shah Rukh Khan, Kajol, Katrina Kaif, and uh, Katrina Kaif is yeah. right on the top of her favorite people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Katrina Kaif is her all time love. Yeah, I remember. I remember that one video to Katrina Kaif saying, "You have a big fan." <laughs> yeah, if she ever liked to say it on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just oh my gosh, that's so funny. The Katrina Kaif obsession. I remember yeah. that so much. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember because I saw a poster at the mall or something of. Katrina Kaif and I was like, oh my God, that's Minneapolis. Yes, favorite. while we were all hungry and looking for some <laughs> desi to eat, Mariam yeah. was just so obsessed by her picture that yeah. it was so hard to move her from that place. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah we were at, basically, we were at the mall and um, the, there's this like international mall in Atlanta right. and um, it has a poster of Katrina Kaif and yeah. literally we were starving all of us kind of yeah. ate in so long everyone's looking for the restaurant and Mariam <laughs> and we find Mariam and she's still staring at this Katrina Kaif <laughs> she was like wow <laughs> we like, Mariam we have to go she's like no I was like, oh my <laughs> <laughs> she liked all my young students uh, who put up their nice, pretty, uh, you know, uh, display pictures on their WhatsApp. And she <laughs> regularly, some of them, you know, have even moved abroad, got married. But if they have Mariam's number and Mariam has their number saved, she, she identify people. Yes, she remember your names and she look at the first letter and she always tells me, this is Amara Khala's number, this is Aisha Khala's number, Aww. this is Zafira's number, this is Rabia's number, or even Muna Khala and everyone. <laughs> and uh, then she, re and you know, how do I get to know? They tell me, no miss, we get, every day we get good morning messages from Mariam. Oh, oh, so their good display pictures. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> Mariam is not in a state of mind otherwise she would have gladly talked to you people and said something or you would Maybe we can get some later. <laughs> a behind the scenes footage. <laughs> Uh -huh. Maybe, maybe. Okay, thank you so much, Fari Khala, for joining us. Thank, thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed 
Oh well. yes, totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ella, you can say Allah Hafiz to everyone. Allah Hafiz. Take care. Okay, guys, so this was the end of our very long podcast, but I think it definitely deserved the timing and I hope you guys enjoyed it and could follow through the whole long um, timing of this podcast. Um, <laughs> but now we have finally finished. Promise there's nothing more to this podcast. We're just here <laughs> to say bye and also hopefully you guys can find something near you like pals program because i know i live in the uk so i don't have access to pals program but i have looked at a couple of other places that i would want to try volunteering at so please do um and spread the awareness spread the cause and actually help um in this cause by joining societies and programs near you yeah and also if you have any questions and or if anyone is listening to this with a child with down syndrome or expecting a child and um you know we just want to say congratulations for your baby and (laughs) (laughs) and we're excited for you to start this um new journey and i feel like it's like having a cousin obviously isn't the same as having a child with down syndrome but I can definitely say that it's one of the best things that has, that has been a part of my life and a part of our lives. Yeah, I agree. Minneapolis has changed us for the better. And I think in general, people with Down syndrome can change, make like everything our aunt said, and even the PALS program, sharing their personal experiences, it can just make you such a better person so just in general be accepting of others who aren't like you and your life will be so much more fulfilling and better (laughs) i just got a message um from our aunt saying that she's sending us hearts on our um Uh text profile after the episode was finished and after we tried so hard to get hello out of her but it's okay it depends on her mood whenever she's ready (laughs) I, I can say I'm the same way. Sometimes I'm like, no, I don't want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, when when your mom forces you to talk to your relatives. <laughs> yeah, that was literally Minneapolis. She was like, please stop. Please. <laughs> but yeah. anyways, thank you guys so much for watching. And until next time. Allah Hafiz. Allah Hafiz. <laughs>